Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an IT Business Owner. I'm Taylor Thorson, back again with Ryan Goodman, um, president of Connect Booster. Kind of feels like we haven't done this in a while. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. Feels good to be back in the saddle. I yeah. Think we're, I think we're shaking up the cobwebs. I think we're kind of trying to find our, like, yeah, stride again, again, but yeah. we're, we're we'll getting get there. there. We'll get there. Watch out for next episode. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Today we have a super fun episode. Uh, Colin Knox is joining us. Yeah. Um, owned an MSP previously, mm-hmm. founded Passportal, and recently kind of started a new really cool venture, you could say, called yeah. Gradient MSP. Um, so we have a lot of information for you guys. Yeah. I think one of the things that you're going to be excited to learn about is the vision of his, the the future vision of his organization, the ability for MSPs and vendors to make decisions based on non-bias aggregated data. So uh, stay tuned, it's a lot of fun. I can tell you firsthand, Colin Knox knocks this one out of the park. (laughs) We knew that one was coming. I'm I'm done with that. We knew that one was coming. But super great episode. We're really excited for everyone listening and thanks for tuning in. Colin Knox. How you doing, bud? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, awesome. thanks for joining us today on Confessions of an IT Business Owner. I told you my voice I love sounds the deep like voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This After is my dark. fake voice. I always talk like this. See, it looks like you're at nighttime and I'm like daytime. We're on different sides of the world, it feels like. Yeah, I'm in Australia right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fargo, I North wish. Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> Still North Dakota. Isn't it winter right now down there, though? It's winter everywhere right now. No, it's not. It's just really, for us, it's really rainy. But it might be winter time for them. I know South America is winter time now. So Australia must be too. Must, kind I, of I, I would think so. Most people think Let's like pretend it is. June in Fargo is winter time too. But we've had like 102 degrees. Have you guys been hot too? Holy crap. We've had some hot weather, yeah. So we, like hot for us though is like 90, low, like High 80s, low 90s, and and surprisingly, was it last week? We had like three days in a row of that, which is super uncanny for like late May, beginning of June. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's when all the air conditioning HVAC companies are like, all right, right, baby, here it comes. (laughs) You did the conversion really fast. As soon as I said 103, I'm like, crap, you're in Canada. I'm talking Fahrenheit. You. Sure am. I'm like everyone will be dead. That's part of that's part of the beauty of Americans, right? They just force you to adapt. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk my language, and you're going to translate. Like, hey, listen, we're 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 going Fahrenheit. You ready? And no processes on this show. I need you to say nothing but process, process, and policies. (laughs) Actually, policies is always policies. One of my. I remember one of the. I, I did a, an in-studio webinar with ConnectWise one time, and and uh, Dan and I had gone and done this whole recording, and then the video guy comes back and he goes, yeah, we're going to have to retake that, and uh, here's some advice I'm going to give you. <laughs> and he was a he was an expat Canadian over in the U.S., and he's like, here's all the words you mispronounced, so let's, let's – and ever since then, we're like, before we go on stage for anything, we're like, all right, all right process three and the big just three. go through them get these stuff now everyone <laughs> listening probably thinks okay you guys are way off the rails but the fact of the matter is i'm going to bring are. this back home 
I, I, I thought about it in my mind. I connected all the dots and I'm going to bring it back to COVID. I, again, oversold, over talked yeah. about, but the fact of the matter is you're in Alberta and, you know, yeah. being the safe, things are starting to loosen up, but you guys are still, uh, locked down. You're just we're starting still, to get out of this. Yeah. You know, we're lockdown. still in some heavy restrictions here. So it's, it's looking at opening up. They were, I think today's actually a day that they're going to announce what some of the, uh, lessened restrictions are um they did open up uh so we were allowed to go by appointment only to get haircuts so i i did that last weekend looking good fresh fresh. yeah hey feels good less castaway much more (laughs) like business in a t-shirt still but yeah it's it's opening up a little bit here i mean they're very cautious right because we we had gotten down to low case volumes a good while ago and then they opened stuff up and everybody just went crazy right. with it and you know wanting to get back to to normal life and then boom we just had like quadruple quintupled our case volumes from one week to the sure. next and they're like oh crap time to stop it down. stop it yeah so um so yeah hopefully you know with the with the help of vaccinations and people just realizing that while well, we got two weeks of freedom last time let's let's uh take it a bit easier and and have some more um this time around so yeah still hopeful like we've got the calgary stampede here which is billed as the greatest outdoor show on earth our big rodeo nice. and stuff and that's the first week of uh, well it kind of kicks off in the first off the first friday of july generally okay. for 10 days and we canceled it last year for the first time in like 100 years um it was canceled and so it's billed to still be going on this year so we'll see we'll see if they're able to pull it off and and make stuff happen for it but uh yeah bit by bit we're we're getting better so as these restrictions come off you know what's what's one thing you guys are looking forward to do as a as a family oh god so many things (laughs) man i just i need a holiday man like it's not the staycations are not the same You know, like we, we thought and we're like, okay, you know, we can do this. And we've done a couple of them now because we're, what, like 18 years into this. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not the same at all. Like there's something to be said about just waking up, having some super high caloric breakfast <laughs> at a buffet, and then going and laying <laughs> your ass down by a pool and doing nothing That's all day. Awesome. Right. Like, so I think that's going to be one of the first things we're going to start looking at some, some flights to some, some place in the tropics that we can go hang out and enjoy and get a little bit crazy. And yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest thing for us. Second is hit up an industry event again, right. And see all of my friends that it was like, we'd see each other like every week, every other week for the longest time. And then now it's like 18 months. Oh man. I don't know if I'm going to recognize everybody. (laughs) Well, you, and now you're back to a haircut. You'll be good. Everyone will recognize you now, you know, two weeks ago. I don't know, but I think you're, I think you're good to go. You're, you're prepped. You're good to go so far. (laughs) Now, many people know you in the industry from, from past portal. Um, I don't think a lot of people know, you know, you had started out as uh, as an MSP, and um, I'd love to yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about your your start in that business. Yeah, so I kind of stumbled into the MSP market. I 
Um, I had started out where I was like a bench tech help desk okay. guy for a really large um, oil and gas services company and um, did some of that work for a while and then became systems administrator and everything. And there was a lot of consolidation happening because that was a global business. So they were starting to centralize shared services and stuff. And um, I really didn't feel like making a big move down south and trying to uproot everything. So started looking for some other jobs and stumbled across this little IT services company that was looking for somebody. And I figured, yeah, you know what, I could do that. So um, kind of stepped into, I think I was the fourth person at that at that IT company. So really small. Um, and so worked there for a good while, started to learn the ropes of what it's like to balance and manage numerous companies yeah. and different systems and networks and everything else. And not just being able to walk down a hall to deal with somebody, but having to be pretty clever either remotely or pick up and yeah. drive somewhere. So um, did that stuff for a year. And then um, we had lost a client to um, a, a larger kind of mid-sized IT company. And in the transition, we were doing some knowledge transfer and everything else. And I had been asked, it wasn't even really my client, but I'd been asked to kind of go and help hand things off and then that company came through and they're like hey you looking for a job <laughs> so i was like sure why not so i ended up switching over to that company um and they were probably about 20 people at the time so kind of grew up through the ranks there over the course of a few years from being a service tech into doing some special projects consultancy and then um, taking over their service operations as their service manager. And so that, that had grown to about 35 people by the end. And, you know, silly me, same thing was like, you know what? I think I could do right, it better right, than right. this. I think, I think I could do this. And so, um, I started up an MSP with a buddy of mine and quickly realized that it was not as easy as I expected it to be twofold. One was just being right. in business. The next was like having a business partner that you thought you knew something about, but you only knew them personally and knew zilch about yeah. them professionally. And so that was a train wreck. You want to talk oh, about no. going off the rails. That uh, that was like of epic proportions for, for me at that time of my life. So, um, so yeah, I kind of took a step back and said, do I really want to do this? Do I want to go work somewhere else or whatever? And I figured I'd give it another, another go, but as a solo, uh, you know, founder type thing and did that and was very fortunate um you know stars aligned we had some interesting economic times here in alberta predominantly oil and gas here and uh um i think you remember 2008 2009 well as as currency dropped and banks fell apart and price of oil came down i was like maybe this was not a good <laughs> idea but turns out at that point, we were one of the first companies, surprisingly, to be actually offering flat okay. rate IT services at the time. Because, um, you know, I, I think it's safe to say Canada at the time was a few years behind with what was happening in the U.S. And fortunately, the larger IT company I'd been working for was one of the first members of, or was one of the members of the, one of the first HTG groups. So I was lucky enough to come, you know, go down and participate in those and hear what yeah. a bunch of other MSPs yeah. were doing and stuff. And 
um, I tried to sell that concept to to the owners and they just they weren't quite ready for it yet so i was like when i was doing my own thing i said let's give this a try and holy crap man the cost certainty <laughs> model for these companies that just we're so sick of these ebbs right. and flows and all of a sudden there's you know a virus outbreak or mass yeah. file deletes or something happens and they've got this massive bill and man we just took off like we hit a million in revenue awesome. in our first year um you know hired on a few people and just every single year after that we we hit some some special sauce that that let us grow really quickly so we got to four million in revenue in just five years at that msp um and uh you know i i like to say i had two exits with that company i exited the daily operations and still kept padding the pockets for a year and a half after leaving it and then a much larger a competitor kind of swooped in and said, "Hey, you're not there anymore. Can we just buy it and and take that off your hands?" And then so we did the uh, had the acquisition exit in 2016. Focused on Passportal at the time and driving that business forward. So, oh, that's interesting. And and you brought up a good question. You know, because you had mentioned that year and a half gap where you were able to, you know, you had the mm -hmm. business leveraged really well. You know, <clears throat> operationally. And, you know, the question that popped in my mind was, were you focusing on on Pass Portal at that time? Follow up question. Was that your first then endeavor in into, you know, the vendor space? I'd yeah. love to learn a little bit about that, you know, process. I mean, was it your own yeah. pain? Was it, you know, uh, you saw an opportunity because of, uh, you know, the network you were around in, in those HTG groups? You got some exposure yeah, you I know, think instead of just being it, it was something that. I had seen for for a good while. I mean, when I look back to the to the MSP kind of IT company I'd been working in for for a few years. I mean, when we were tax, we had this access database that was managing passwords, and never failed. Right. Never failed that somebody was away on vacation and you'd go to do something for their client. None of the passwords worked, and so you couldn't help no. your client. Right. And it was embarrassing to say the least. And you would think for the business owners, but man, you are the tech live on scene and you can't log into the IT system that you allegedly manage. You right. Yeah. And so you're trying to get a hold of the yeah. tech that's on vacation, stuff like that. They get back. Oh, yeah, I changed those passwords. And so then we tried to have the like pre vacation checklist go through and make sure all these passwords are right. Yeah, right. What are they going to do? Like go and test log into every single network and, you know, server and stuff like that. No, they looked right. at it. They're like, yeah, it looks right. No, still have issues. And, you know, just a pain in the butt. And so I had actually recommended um, to them because I'd gone out to an HTG thing. I think it was in Dallas. Um, you know, this is probably like 2007 type of thing. And I had asked them all because I had just as the service manager had my ask kicked by a big client because we couldn't help them right and we're trying to chase down and then yeah. we had a tech who was pissed off because we just bugged their vacation You're right pinging. so yeah. i went and i was like how are you guys handling this like tell me there's something and they're like oh no no we don't we use excel or we use do you remember public folders and exchange that was like one of the most popular <laughs> solutions it seemed for for managing passwords 
Oh yeah. It sounds secure too. I mean, it sounds like there's so, no issues with, yeah. you know, so that's, any type that's of what stuff. we started doing for a bit. Right. And, and I went back and I told the owners of that MSP, I was like, we should build something like we were profitable. We were good sized business. I was like, let's build something. People will buy this. They're like, nope, no interest. This is what we do. Yeah. This is how we, okay. Okay, fine. And then, you know, when, when I did that partnership, I looked at it and I was like, man, we should probably do something, but just didn't have the time. And so when, when we were about, right, focus. I guess it would be almost two years into Excel, um, we had, we, we'd still been having the same troubles and struggles and stuff. And then um, two things happened within the first, within that same year. One was uh, we had a technician that had left our company. They decided to leave. It wasn't anything ugly or anything else, but we kind of said, okay, well, let's, you know, do what we need to do and go out and change every single password at all of our clients because chances are yeah. he's seen them all. And just for kind of fun, we created a ticket in Autotask to track how much time it took us. It took us over 30 hours to change all those passwords. And we probably oh, wow. still missed some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, holy crap. So we'd started at that point, like putting a call out on like, LinkedIn groups and little forums like Reddit wasn't even a thing yet. Um, just like, how are people yeah. doing this? And nobody had an answer. And then the next thing happened is one of our oil and gas companies um, had their IPO and then had to abide by Sarbanes-Oxley and get, get audited. Well, we were sitting there with like a big yeah. four auditor that's saying, Tell us how you manage all your privileged credentials and ensure nobody who shouldn't have access does. You have a full record of everybody who's had access. You've got like, and I was like, oh my God, this company is going to fail their go. audit because we don't have <laughs> anything. And so we kind of looked at the bank account and got a couple quotes and bids from some dev shops. And we we're like, let's build something. And uh, we built it yeah. kind of for us and we needed it. And realized and i had long thought it could be an opportunity in the industry so we commercialized it from the get-go and um yeah we kind of just let it sit there and put it out there and and we slowly without any focus on Passportal as a business over a few years we had a couple hundred msps that had found it and they signed up and they were using it and finally i think you know a couple people had had come up and said like hey we're paying for this. Like you got to start supporting this product now and you got to start doing stuff with it. And we're like, ah, do we, yeah. should we like really, you know, everything else. <laughs> and then, um, my, well, he, he became a business partner of mine. Uh, and I, we were out at an industry event and we we're, you know, talking to some people and these guys came by and they're like, you're the passport guys. We're, like, we're recognized as passport guys. Like you, what? And so we were kind of like, oh, maybe we should, should do something with it so we made the the choice at that point let's split up the business i'll go over and focus on on that and and get it going and you know fortunately everything everything worked out uh well for us on that and we we really ran after that market and had a lot of fun with it so i have an off the cuff question for you because um you know starting different businesses especially early on in my career i was like oh i'm gonna we're going to have dev come in and we're going to help create this 
AR automation product. Like, you know, maybe I'll put like thirty <laughs> grand into it. I think I think it's gonna go really well. We'll make we'll make a ton of. Did yeah. you have those oh, same like? I mean, I was so far off by yeah. millions it's, of. Dollars. I love that you brought this up. <laughs> I was like, I, oh. oh man, because <laughs> I think what a lot of people don't like. There's one thing to like build something as functional. There's a whole other to have it built right. reliably, stable, effectively, secure. And then to be able to provide that service and maintain it and (laughs) holy crap, like the amount of times that we had people um, that, that would come in and, you know, they demo our software or they, they'd find out the price, which was not much. Like, I I don't, dude, it's like 150 bucks a month, right? (laughs) If it was even that, I think actually we're like 139 a month for most MSPs, but right. Right. But uh, they're like, I'm just going to build my own. I'll build my own and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to compete with you or whatever. And I was like, I don't think you have a clue. Like, yeah, we, we went into it the first thing. So we, we got some bids. Um, I think we spent 25 or 30 grand um, to get the very first yeah. version of it built. Uh, and it was extremely underwhelming. Like, let's be honest, right? Like, this was <laughs> right. not pretty. I think I've got <laughs> screenshots somewhere of the very yeah. first versions. But... <laughs> But, the same but thing going. yeah, yeah. And then after that, you'd get a request or you'd have an idea and you're like, oh man, wouldn't it be awesome if we weren't just protecting them, but we could automate the changes against like Microsoft, like right. active directory and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. There's another 50 grand. And then it's like, oh, yeah. now we have to scale up a cloud to host this stuff. Oh, now we've got to like secure that cloud. Oh, now we've like just on and on. So we, by the time we actually were focused on on pass portal i think we we were up to about 350 grand we had invested in right. getting it to that right. point um and that's that was really a thing where we were you know i have told stories on other like just business podcasts and stuff not necessarily msp ones but we were at a juncture actually so it was um you know Absolutely. i want to say it was march or may may of 2014 and we said, okay, like we're either going to run with this or we're not. And we had put a bunch mm-hmm. of money in and it kind of jo- dropped our jaws to realize how much we had put in when we added it all up. And so we said, okay, here's here's going to be our like determination thing. If we can get somebody else or, or other people to invest in this to almost match what we've invested to date, that's that's <laughs> our proof and validation that we're going to go in and run after this that this is that other people believe yeah. in it right and so we said we're going to give ourselves six months if at six months we haven't done it then we'll just ship the code off to everybody that's bought it and say hey you can't sell it you can't do this but spin up your own instance and and run it and use it, and, it yeah. and you know good luck with it um and yeah, it took into November of 2014. So we were like one month shy of shutting it down. Right and we, we convinced line, yeah. three brave souls to uh, to put 100 grand each into us at that point. And awesome. uh, yeah, we, we were like, all right, this is it. I guess we're doing this. And and so then we drove it. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like when you look at the millions of dollars that we sunk into that business over the course yes. of yeah. would have been about eight years, but really even in, in the four and a half until we were acquired, like, holy man, like it just stacks and stacks and stacks. Hey guys, here with a quick break from our show to remind you to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening. 
If you have suggestions for future episodes or you want to be a guest on the podcast, email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll be sure to point you in the right direction. Lastly, to find out more about our guests, check out their information in the podcast description. Thanks for listening to the Confessions of an IT Business Owner. Let's get back to the show. So now I, I want to shift gears sure. on you a little bit because um, you're in a new venture. I think it's probably safe to say, Colin, you are now classified as a serial oh, entrepreneur, gosh. educated a couple times over. School of hard knocks. You've gone into, yeah, yeah, you, but you've launched Gradient uh, MSP. Yeah. And so um, what drove you to jump back in to the chaos of a, a a, a tech SaaS, you know, entrepreneur yeah. um, so quickly after selling Passportal. I think it's like amnesia or no, you know what? Like <laughs> I, I, after we. All in all, it went okay. Yeah, it know. went okay. But it's, it's funny how much you do forget, right? Like mm-hmm. um, when, when I left SolarWinds um, after integrating Passportal into that business, um, well, I guess enable now, um, mm-hmm. that's kind of exciting to watch, but, um, I, I thought I was just going to be done. Like I figured, you know what, we're young, let's take time off, see what, see what retirement feels like, maybe do some advising, do some investing, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. just kind of coast. And one thing I learned is it's totally not fun to retire when none of your friends are retired. Sure. Like. I can imagine. It's it's incredibly lonely. Like there's only so many yeah. mountain drives you can do ski tra- like yeah. by yourself. Right? There's yeah. it's it's kind of yeah. I don't know. I I equate myself to like when you first move out of your parents' house and you're like I'm going to eat crap food. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to blast my music. I'm going to and then like 2 <laughs> weeks in you're like I feel like a bag of crap. My house is a mess. I'm overtired, <laughs> exhausted. I think I should probably just start living a proper life again, right? Um, it's kind of the same thing. I, was I just... hate Doritos now. Oh, Doritos are right? disgusting. I'm never going to touch Just the again. smell. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did that stuff. But but like I love the MSP space, right? Like having been in it and, and part of it yeah. for so long, uh, I couldn't detach. And like instead of reading local news, I was still reading – E to E. I was still reading Channel Futures, digging in on the Facebook groups, the subreddit. And the amount of questions that fly um, from MSPs every day, just about everything, right? Like, what should I do about this client? How do I handle this HR situation? What should I be charging? Who should I be partnered with? How should I be going about this? And I was like, there's still so much opportunity to help this industry. And I almost felt indebted to be able to give back again, to help people, um, you know, hopefully achieve greater levels of success. And so kind of called up partners from, from the past portal days and we had some chats and said like, you know, is there a way that we can, we can drive success? And so we kind of just continued to observe the market and, and kind of stumbled on what we think is a pretty Need idea, pretty nifty. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I'm said hey, like, hear, let's, like let's dig in again and get going. What is 
gradient MSP. It just is, Ryan. Just is. Oh, no. This um, really. You know what? This like really. So at the really premise, good. yeah. Yeah. It's good. So when we when we thought about how can we drive MSP success, mm-hmm. we almost did that reverse engineering project. We're like, what drives success? And what we figured was it's making good decisions, right? Correct. It's not, you know, you could say making more money. You could say having more clients. You could say, you could say all these things, but those were all based off of the decisions that were made, yeah. right? Yeah. Whether it's how do we want to go to market? What should we go to market with? How much should we charge the market? You know, anything that way. When should we hire people? All of those decisions. Should we build a crazy office with twirly slides in it? You know, it's <laughs> it's all these decisions. And so we said, how can we help make better decisions and help MSPs make better decisions? And how can we impact the decisions that are being made in a in a positive manner? And what we landed on was, you know, some amazing research that's out there about performance of data-driven organizations versus non-data-driven organizations. And we said, if we can impact and improve the data that's informing the decisions for MSPs, not just how it's visualized, um, not how they interpret it, but just impacting the quality and accuracy and even quantity of the data that they have access to, we believe that that will help make better decisions and inform better decisions that fuels greater success and ultimately rises the tide for the entire industry. Um, and so that's where we've started. So we're we're building a data intelligence platform where we launched just recently our first module, which is a data hygiene module, because we figured, hey, yeah. what's the first thing we can do to make sure that this data is good? Well, we can clean it up and get rid of all the old crap that doesn't matter anymore. And that just muddies the view when you're trying to read a report. Um, so we started out there and, and we're on this path to what we're you know referring to as data equality for our industry, where you know MSPs can contribute their data in, into a secure, private, anonymous platform where everything gets scrubbed and de-identified. Uh, and we deliver some initial value to the MSPs, but in a dream where we can compile a list of data that's not hoarded or siloed by any ecosystem or used for any manner of bias outside of just providing transparency to MSPs so that they can understand and see, this is how the businesses that are ahead of me have performed. Here's what they've done to get there. Here's what they've done that's hindered their growth. And really use that to say, hey, you know, if you think about Clippy from back in the day, right? Like, looks like you're trying to write a resume. Want some yeah. help here, right? Like, right. hey, you're trying to grow an MSP. Let's let's call it what it is. You're trying to grow that business, but you don't know what you need. You don't know what you don't know. So here's the things that the successful ones who have grown to that next stage of revenue have done to get there. Here's what your peers are charging for these services. You're yeah. undercharging. You're overcharging. Should you step into this service offering or service category, or do you maybe want to wait until your peers and MSPs have hit a certain percentage of adoption? And you've got confidence that their clients are retaining those services so that you don't have to invest and risk that investment that then comes out like, I don't know if you remember the MDM wave of like 2010 or whatever it was, 
where every Ironman brought in MDM and it was the big, it was going to be the next wave for MSPs. Yeah. And so we all jumped on it and bought mass bulk licensing and tried to educate and the market just wasn't ready for it. There was no interest, right? And it was this big flop. So if we can avoid, you know, people risking investments on things like that to give more time for it to prove out so the early adopters can do that because that's what they thrive on mm -hmm. and then the rest of the industry can watch and and not just have to listen to what the vendors have said is right. really happening right? right and all this great right, marketing right. that's done for sure but to have that substantiation and qualification that no it really is doing well and now i can jump in and do stuff and that's one example of many but that's yeah. what our dream is to get towards that where really there's this, you know, big, big inequity in data amongst the amongst the MSP market. So if we can use and fuel that data to fuel the growth of MSPs and then in our opinion, one thing, you know, having now run some vendors of, of both small, medium and massive. Yeah. We don't know what we don't know as mm -hmm. vendors about MSPs. How many times is there a launch of anything and you go on the MSP subreddit or to Facebook groups and they're like, wow, these guys clearly don't know us. They do not get us. They miss the mark. Right. And then it's like the megaphone. Hey, can you hear us? This is what we really want. Right. But the problem is, is there's like 60,000 megaphones all shouting in a different way, using different words and stuff right. at the vendors and they just can't hear it. Right. Because it's not consistent. So if we can use that anonymized data to help inform vendors about what the industry needs, right? Where we're missing the mark on partner enablement, where we're missing the mark on margins, where we're missing the mark on not even knowing where our MSP partners time is being spent supporting mm -hmm. our solutions so that we can fix it. Cause we know the MSPs are bitching about it inside their business nonstop. Oh yeah. Why can't they just fix this? Right. Do they, do they not know I have to reinstall this agent every single time and stuff? No, they don't know. Right. Right. That's, that's the thing. So if we can build a data platform that says, Hey, your partners are reinstalling this agent, like every two weeks, we you got to solve this, yes, yeah. right? That catches attention now. And that's a way that we can hopefully help channel vendors improve their products, which helps their MSPs be more successful and makes everybody more successful. So. That's really and that's cool. that's kind of where we're going. Um, I want to break this down just to make I mean, this is guys, this is as much for me as as anyone to make sure I'm wrapping my head around. You did a great job. I want to try to break it down into three points. What I'm seeing is it's not only benchmarking for MSPs to understand where they where they sit as far as best of breed to their peers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that kind of harkens back to your early well, days on in HTG yeah. too, right? Like the data you were looking for. Sorry, cut but I'll even I'll, I'll pause there because I think a fundamental issue that that has happened with all the benchmarking that's been out there is a lot of it on one hand has been um, well, there's a few few issues with it that I see on one hand. It's a lot of self-assessment or survey based. Sure. It's not coming Just from a source raw, of truth, raw, right? Raw data. So that's that's one issue with it. The second issue is every time that those reports are put out in the industry, there's some level of bias associated to it, even if it's not with bias, right? Because it doesn't matter what company puts it out and it's valid data and it's valid information, but there's always this underlying motive to buy more product mm. or to do this or align more with their business. And I get it. I've run the playbook and I've done it and it makes sense. But 
don't MSPs deserve to just know for the sake of knowing at some point? And, and the other thing is when, when we were a smaller MSP, right, when we were 1 million and we were 2 million yeah. and stuff, to me, it wasn't inspiring to know how the best in class was all performing, right? Awesome. You just told me that my profit that I, margin is that shit. I'm horrible. You yeah, just yeah, told yeah, me I haven't I grown it. enough, right? So why can't benchmarking be segmented down? Mm. Why can't I look at other $1 million MSPs yeah. and see how they grew year hmm. over year? Why can't I look at other MSPs in my region, right? Because there's such economic diversity even across the U.S., right? California is a much different economy than Texas is, right. which is much different than what Georgia right. is, right? Like, why can't I segment down to see how other MSPs are performing where I live? Right. Incredibly interesting. And re and in my revenue band, that's going to give me a better mm. picture if I'm, you know, hitting the mark, if I'm underperforming, if I am performing. Um, so that that's one of the areas that we're looking to, to help address and, and resolve. It's incredible thought leadership. I, I love uh, the concept and it. That makes a heck of a lot of sense, a heck of a lot of sense. Um, the other side is, you know, you had talked about um, helping MSPs make sound investments, you know, into, into offering or adopting a new technology or even, you know, getting, yeah. a, getting a benchmark or a feeling on a, on a wave, on a new trend and, you know, where they want to be on that bell curve of, of success. Um, very interesting there. The other thing that I heard loud and clear was a mission around alignment between the vendors and MSPs in the channel where you see a, a, a major disconnected. Am I describing all that right? I mean, yeah. I want to bounce this off of you yeah. and like gut check all of it here. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, when we when we kind of stated our purpose, our why at at Gradient, it was to give vision and voice to MSPs, small and mm -hmm. large. Um, and and to us, every word in the in that statement is so important. I think vision wise. MSPs have had amazing, you know, reporting tools, BI tools, data visualization tools, but much like anything else, man, like garbage in, garbage right. out. And you can be looking at pretty dashboards all day long. If that's not good data. Yeah, they're leading you right off the cliff. You're screwed. Yeah, yeah for sure. You're, exactly. The other thing is like, let's, let's have a sense of humility here. And I'm included, like hand up, I'm included in the, in the part like i stumbled into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. i was not a business person i was a business owner i was not a business right. person so when we got bright gauge and we bought bright gauge i had no idea like is is this stuff yeah. good is it bad what how do i impact this what do i do right where's that level of intelligence that that now you know technology has evolved to a state that we could provide it but make a recommendation to me Tell me I need to solve this. Tell me what levers I can pull to solve that or to impact it, right? Like that's that's so huge um, in in being able to help people move forward and, and recognizing that type of, you know, flaw. Then the next thing is get visibility and vision of, of the industry of what's real, what's not, right? So many times we've we've had to make ideas on on just marketing, right? We've we've sat through demos, which 
I've run demos where you know the bugs in the software. I'm sure you've <laughs> right. done it too. And you step yeah. around them or you're talking to like dev right before you go on to a big demo and be like, did we solve that one? I'd really like to, so like, I'd really like to show yeah. that. Right. And, and then they get into the software and it's a letdown, right? Like, but just, just giving that visibility. Now, when it comes to the voice, it it's same thing. I, you know, I've, I've been on the vendor side and it, it's not a disrespectful thing, but it almost doesn't matter if you're spending 500 bucks a month or $500,000 a year it's still one voice to that vendor and they have to weigh that because much like in your business, every customer mm -hmm. is important because you never know what customer is going to grow. What's not. And you have to go based on the, you know, basis of numbers. So when you have thousands of partners or tens of thousands of partners, it's a voting and weight system by like how many people have requested this. How many? And so if I hear one thing, but a thousand different ways, it's still right. one thing, a thousand different things, right? So if we can amass thousands and thousands of MSPs together and see very clearly with the data what's ailing them in their partnerships, then we can go and say, here's what the voice of a thousand or two thousand or ten thousand MSPs of of yeah. what's happening across your partners. Not not like Hey, Harry running ABC MSP out of right, Wyoming is on, yeah. not that, yeah. right? It's just, here's what, here's what's happening with your partners. Now that's something that catches weight with them. That's stuff that gets discussed in the boardroom. That's stuff that makes it to product management. And they go, we got a problem here. We got to solve because every vendor is well-intentioned. They want to do right by their partners. They want to deliver great stuff to their partners. Every single one of them but they just, they can't hear it well enough. They can't cut through the noise. So that's where we can give voice to MSPs. And that whole like small and large, let's face it, right? So many people market to the 10 employees and up. So many people market to the five, $10 million MSPs. The wealth of our industry still, and, and there's no straight fact. I think the best research that I've still come across is from CompTIA in 2016 said 88%, almost 90% of MSPs around the world are 10 employees yeah. and under, right? So why is that not getting the, the attention right. that it deserves, right? That it, it's the vast majority. It's the bulk of, of the market yeah. now, right? And it's, it's the same when you look at the business world, right? Small it's business yeah. makes up like 70% yeah. of the world's business. Their spend is is equivalent in IT and technology to both enterprise and consumer combined annually, right? So how can we give them better voice? How can we give them better better attention um, and, and focus? So that's, that's what we're Love doing. It. I'm gonna shift gears on you a little bit. So, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just gonna throw this out there and it's gonna be a bit of an un uncomfortable question too. I mean, do I, free am i right on this right now we're free you got a paid model like you know yeah what what are you doing as far as pricing you can pay us if you want just you can i'll give Sounds you my good. home address you, you can know mail I, money. you know i'm gonna is that legal? eft eft that... over actually to we're, we're gonna card. set up yeah. with connect booster and uh guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, do ach yeah. talk to me about your model um, you know as far as revenue yeah so here's 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 what i think is 
I've long wanted to play a mm -hmm. full SAS playbook. And I, I've not seen many times that it's it's been done in the MSP space, um, even though it should be possible, right? I, when when I look at how SaaS performs in the consumer world, yes, it's frictionless. And if I want to buy some, forget SaaS. If I want to buy almost anything today, it's frictionless, right? If I let's let's I love cars. Yes, I know. Hundred <laughs> percent. But like. So if I want to buy a car today, I do not have to go into a bunch of right. different dealerships and tell them all my cell phone number and my email address and my name and fill out a credit application and then tell everybody what I'm looking for. And no, mm -hmm. I search online and I look at all the different options and I know what what kind of features I want and what type of vehicle I want. And then it filters it down and gives me suggestions. And then I can look at it and I can say, okay, right. now I can read safety ratings. I can watch review videos. I can see, I can see sales numbers of all these vehicles online and stuff like that. I've essentially made my buying decision of what vehicle I'm buying with which features. I know pretty much what it should cost me. It's just a matter of me walking into one dealership and I've got two things left to do. I want to test drive the vehicle to see if I actually like the feel of it and fit and finish of it. And then I get to negotiate my price and close a deal, right? Why can't MSPs buy any services like that today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guilty of it. I, I didn't even give out right. pricing information before. People had to fill out a form to find out the price for my freaking software, right? And there's a whole bunch of reasons behind that, but how can we evolve that? How can we give the transparency that they need so that an MSP doesn't feel like everything I go to, I'm now going to sure. be hounded for the next two years every week by a salesperson saying, hey, you ready to buy it? Hey, you know, is that competitor X let you down yet? Has They should be able to go in and buy any MSP tool the way that they would buy a car or any other product today as a consumer. Um, so that's the approach we've taken, right? We're frictionless. There's, we actually have a pricing page on our website, mm -hmm. even though it's all free right now. Um, bit tongue in cheek and a bit fun, but sure. we will eventually have pricing. But if you want to watch a that's demo, great. go watch a demo. Right? If you want to, if you want to use the software, yeah. like go in and use the software, right? Why, sure. why aren't there trials anymore? Go in and use it. These are all technology experts that we're selling to. I am pretty sure I don't need to show them how to use software or how to set something up, right? Like they've done it a million times. So that's the approach that we're taking. And now, you know, yeah, the, the elephant in the room, right? It's, it's free. Um, it's not completely free. And we understand that it might not cost a dollar figure, but we're very open and transparent. We're building a data intelligence platform. And that's not so we can sell your data anywhere and be like Facebook that says, hey, Johnny's right, doing right. this. You might want to right. give him a shout and sell him this, right? Or post ads or any of that. No. It's so that, imagine the power. This is what data equality is. Data equality is data for one is data for all. Now, at some point, we need to be paid to be the... Right. amalgamator of data, the one that provides the intelligence and the reporting and all the investment that we have to I mean, put into exactly, making you know, sense of it. To. And yeah. 
and protecting it. Like, let's just say, like, so we're going through our SOC yep. 2 type 1 audit right now. SOC 2 type 2 kicks off. That audit starts in next Well, just that has month, an annual cost think, after that, too. Right? Then you got ISO yeah, 27001, yeah. right? Like, yeah, we're yeah. dropping serious yeah. buckaroos on all of this stuff to secure that data. But imagine now, data for one, data for all. Who wouldn't make an investment where if I gave a dollar or let's say a hundred dollars, yeah, right? yeah. get a hundred thousand yeah. dollars back. Yeah. Right. One to many. That's what yeah. we're building here. Right. Every MSP that gives their data in and it gets scrubbed and de-identified and anonymized, you're going to get back and fed with all the data of your peers, which, you know, our hope is that all together as a movement that we're trying to put here is thousands or tens of thousands of MSPs globally. Yeah. Can you That's imagine right. being fed the wealth of information? of 10,000 MSPs behind you to say, I am doing the right thing. Or if you're going to a bank or applying for investment or trying to raise money to yeah. say, here's my yeah. proof point that this is gonna work, right? Or just your own confidence in things or holy crap, 2000 MSPs <laughs> did this and it went bad. We're not doing that, right? So so that's that's what we're trying to do, that ROI to be able to give back to the industry and do it. You've got the vendors who are spending $50,000, $100,000. Like, we've got vendors that are spending seven figures on industry reports, yeah. on research yeah. with groups like Forrester and Gartner and everything else, right? Imagine just shifting that all on its head. And I know that that's ambitious, audacious even, right? But that's what we're trying to do is right if if you want this industry to understand everybody knows yeah. who toma bravo and vista equity partners and insight ventures are can you imagine if they actually understood msps what what good yeah. they could do for this industry with their money unreal right that's what you're contributing towards and so that's why it's a free product we're in we understand if nobody trusts us if nobody wants right. to participate we've got nothing Right. And we hope that that's not the case because we see like there's this hundred billion dollar opportunity in the next few years for MSPs to take in market yes. share. Like that's massive. And so if we can accelerate or just better secure the capture of that revenue for the, for this market, holy crap, we want to do that. Right. So we understand like we've got nothing if it's not with like I'm not I'm not up on a stage saying your success is our success. And yeah. then, you know, when you profit, we profit. No, we literally at gradient have zero. If, yeah. if yeah, yeah, that's MSPs wild, don't man. participate. That's awesome. So how can we drive value to them? How can we help them? Um, and, and that's what really what, what we're about. I sit back and I think if I knew all the things that I could have known right. as an MSP, when I was running mine, we grew fast. We could have probably doubled that right. growth because we made a lot of bad decisions, right? It's it's just finding ways to get out of your way and and being able to fuel yourself with with what your peers have done. Um, awesome. So full transparency, that's where we're going. And when we're able to provide that information back to you yep. in a secure, private manner with the intelligence backed and and like our data scientists that are, you know, consuming and creating models and everything yep. else, that's what we need to get paid for. Right. Um, but we're a transparent organization. Like we will be sharing everything about our 
business performance with That's the industry. Awesome. We, we've got nothing to hide. We are going to be a for-profit organization, but yeah. that should fuel more R&D to be able to drive greater success and greater benefit to this industry. Um, well, this so that's, cool. that's where I, we're going I, towards. I really do appreciate it that, that you're coming on the program. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping we can do our part in, you know, getting the message out and getting the adoption of MSPs to start, yeah. you know, cause that's going to be like you had mentioned critical to the success and, um, boy, I sure love yeah. the intentions of what's going on. And if history, if history has anything to say about how this is going to go, I think you're going to hit it out of the park, my man. <laughs> Here's, here's hoping, man. But uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to, to trying to drive this forward to, to yeah. work with MSPs, understand MSPs even better, um, and, and find the ways that we can, can leave well, a lasting mark on this industry. I oftentimes find myself the uh, uh, dumbest person in the room, okay? Let's, let's, let's be fair. And so if I'm really excited and see the potential, I know all of our listeners are going to be uh, uh, excited about the prospects of what you are doing inside of the market. So uh, thank you. That's 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 very cool. And and what a great way to uh, give no, back too. to the community that has, uh, you know, uh, contributed to to the success of, of your past companies as well. It's a cool way to give yeah. back. Uh, you know, maybe I'm Absolutely. off mark, but that's how I see it, man. It's 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 really neat. It's really neat. Um, Thanks. So I'm going to close this down. But any any final thoughts, you know, before uh, before. We end this program and hopefully see each other, each other out on the road here soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> on the road somewhere. You know what? I just, I think just keep after it. If there's one thing you can do as an MSP or as a business owner, yeah. celebrate your little wins, recognize how far you've keep come going. and just keep going for it. Like you started for a reason. You had a purpose. You had a why. See it through. Keep keep pushing. I know that the last year and a half has been like the shittiest on record and, uh, you've made it through. Like you're at this point, you've made it through. Keep pushing, keep going. Um, cause you've clearly got the resilience to, that's awesome, to man. succeed. Crush those so goals. That's it, man. Thanks again, Colin. Appreciate you, man. Looking forward to the next time we get to talk. Thank you. <laughs>